Hey, Cricket customers, Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Nice! Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Yeah! Phone plan, streams, and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details. We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at usaa.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Yeah. Could it be that, watch this, God is not opposed to you doing well. He just doesn't want you to do well absent him. Could it be that God wants you to be, come in Revelation 5.10, he wants you to be a king and a priest. That's spiritual and successful. It's amazing because as long as this king was spiritual, this king was successful. As long as this king put his savior first, he was successful. But the moment he stopped, his success ended. I need you to realize, don't think that it's either or. Somebody needs to say it's both and. I need you to realize you're supposed to be able to pray and slay. You're supposed to be able to give God glory and get that money. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You're supposed to rule and to reign and to conquer and to subdue. The Bible says God made him prosper. That means he did well. As long as he sought the Lord, then his story went left and everything was in the box to the left. Because 2 Chronicles 26, 16, here's what it says. But when he was strong, he grew proud. Wow. Somebody say he grew proud. Which means he didn't start out that way. As he kept doing well, he got drunk off of himself. Which, which means, watch this, don't let your rise be your downfall. The Bible says he grew proud. Say proud. That means an inflated sense of one's status. You think you're more than you are. Uh, overconfident, arrogant. You have a sense of superiority. I'm better than them. I'm better than this. You always are talking about what other folks need to do, and yet you fail at your own stuff. I wish I had some honest folk in here that could tell the truth that if you look back on some of your proud moments, your proud moments came because you were talking about, but they need to do this and they need to do this and they need to do this, but you never checked yourself. And so sometimes you got to wreck yourself so in the future you learn to check yourself. It's overconfidence. It's arrogance. It's a sense of superiority. It's self-centered. Pride is all about me, 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 me. It's selfish and entitled. Now, this is significant because this is how this king started acting, and he grew that way, which means at some point he got out of order. At some point he got out of check. At some point he got out of what was working. He started out doing what was working, then he stopped it. Would you look at your neighbor and say, why'd you stop? If you want to find somebody that's failing, it's normally because they stopped doing what was working. It's quiet in the church. And the Bible says this was to his own destruction, for he was unfaithful. We learned on Wednesday that pride is inconsistent. Whenever we are inconsistent to the right things, what we're really doing is saying we don't need to do the right things because we're so good we can half do it and still make it work. 
he was inconsistent to the Lord, his God, and into the temple of the Lord. Now, who made him successful? God. Who would he turn on? God. Don't turn on what got you up. Don't forsake what made you. Don't, don't burn the bridge that got you over. Don't forget about the people that helped you when you couldn't get it done for yourself. And now that you're getting it done, you think, I don't need them. I don't need them, baby. I just need you to realize that, watch this, it's God that makes other people favor you and bless you and do right by you. And I think there's some humble people in this 915 that can say, not only am I humbling myself before God, but I choose to be humble before people because there's some people that helped me, some people that didn't give up on me. Can you give God glory for the people that were in your corner? Everybody around you wasn't a hater. Everybody around you wasn't trying to pull you down. Everybody around you wasn't talking about you. There were some people that loved you enough to stick with you. But he got unfaithful to the Lord his God. And he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. We learned on Wednesday, pride is fearful. See, he went to offer incense because he'd been unfaithful. Offering incense was his way to try to cover up his issue. To try to cover up his sin. Whenever you're prideful, you will cover up instead of show up and say up. Let's back that thing up. Whenever you are fearful, you will try to cover up, watch this, from who you shouldn't cover it up from. See, he's trying to cover it up from God as if God didn't see his unfaithfulness. Okay, let's put it in another context. He's trying to cover it up from his spouse even though that was who he needed to talk to about it. Y'all ain't talking to me. He was trying to cover it up from his boss when his boss was who he really needed to talk to. Be careful that you don't cover it up from the only person that's going to be able to help you clean it up. Y'all ain't talking to me. He got unfaithful, and so now he's fearful of what's going to happen, so he goes to cover it up. He's trying to offer incense. He's trying to cover up. Incense was a sweet smell, so literally he was trying to make something sweet. Uh, how do I say this appropriately for church? He was trying to turn something gross into something that smelled good. We have, there's a saying we have in the South that I can't say in church, but... <clears throat> But just somebody say, it was stinking, and incense wasn't helping. <clears throat> Verse 17, but Azariah the priest went in after him with 80 priests of the Lord who were men of valor. I did this whole illustration for you last week, not going to do it today. The Bible says, watch this, <clears throat> and they withstood him. Verse 18, they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, it is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. So we learn that pride challenges order. Somebody say, pride challenges order. He wasn't a priest, yet he was trying to act like he was the priest. He wasn't in charge, yet he kept giving his opinion when it wasn't solicited like he was in charge. You got to be, be careful when you're always challenging order because maybe it's ordered that way because of something that you don't know anything about. See, the reason that as a king he couldn't go and offer the incense is because as king, watch this, he was not consecrated to be a priest. Why? He didn't have a grace for that place. So he looked at them do it and say, I can do that, no big deal. And they said to him, look, you don't have a grace to be in here doing this. This is for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary. You've done wrong, and it's not going to bring any honor from the Lord. He says, you're trying to do it your way, and you want God to bless it. 
He said, God already told you no, and now you're trying to put lipstick on this pig, and it's still a pig. Y'all ain't talking to me. I need some water, please. Uh, Y'all ain't talking to me. Uh, you're trying to do, watch this, your own thing, and in doing your own thing, you're trying to get God to bless it. You're trying to do your own thing, and in trying to do your own thing, you're expecting God to add his super to your natural mess. And God says, I don't have nothing to do with that because that's your thing. And just because you're still breathing doesn't mean I'm going to bless it. Just because I didn't slap you down for when you did it doesn't mean that I'm going to uh, give you some power. Sometimes we think that because God doesn't immediately check us that he thinks what we're doing is right. And at some point, watch this, when you're grown, if you're a little kid, then that makes sense. But at some point, as you grow and mature as a Christian, there's certain things God is going to say, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm going to sit there and watch and see if you're going to get that thing right. See, touch your neighbor and say, you, 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 in it too much. you in it too long now. You in it too long now. See, if you're a brand new Christian, then maybe you'll get checked immediately. But baby, you've been saved for 15 years. You've been saved for 20, 30, 40 years. So there's some things God says, I'm not going to get involved with this. I'm going to sit back and see if you're going to check yourself. Oh, and I think there's some people in here where you're grateful that there's been opportunities where when God could have got you, he didn't get you. He let you check yourself. He says, and they withstood King Uzziah and said, it is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. So not only does he challenge order, because he's not graced for that place, but pride is entitled. Now he said, what does pride have to do with emotions? I'm about to show you. The connection is going to blow your mind. Watch this. Uh, pride is entitled. What's an entitled attitude? It's no big deal. It is no big deal because you didn't pay for it. <laughs> you ever met somebody that treated your stuff like it wasn't a big deal, but that's because they wasn't helping to pay for nothing. They break something in your house, talking about it ain't no big deal. No, it ain't no big deal for you because you ain't bought nothing. Let me talk to some of my single parents in the room where your kids acted entitled like it was no big deal. And you're thinking, do you know the hell I had to go through to get this? Do you know what I have to do? Do you know how many extra hours I had to put in for you to get that? And you're going to sit there and break it and treat it like it? The boy. The girl. Let me just talk to some parents, period, where you done done stuff, made sacrifices, watch this, not taking better opportunities so your kids can stay in the same school. Y'all ain't talking to me. And then they want to act like it's no big deal. Always be grateful. Can we just take 10 seconds to just be grateful for all of the great things God has done in our lives? Can we do that? I guess I'm the only grateful one. Thank you for making a way out of no way. Thank you. Somebody holler, thank you, Jesus. He's been good to you whether you believe it or not. Be seated, watch this. He says, it's not going to bring any honor. Say, say no honor. Shandarabha says, it's not going to bring any honor. Yeah, and that ain't going to bring no honor either. What's this? Verse 19. Then Isaiah was angry. Somebody say he was angry. Yeah, he was angry. He was angry. Somebody say he was angry. <laughs> yeah, I understand him. God knows I do. He was angry. Somebody say he was angry. How many people you've been angry in the last seven days? How many people you've been angry in the last seven minutes?
How many still mad right now? You don't even know what you're mad about. I don't, it's like, I don't know. Jesus. People will push you, won't they? I ain't a killer, but don't push me. Then Isaiah was what? Angry. How many of you, you, people say you have a, people say they have a bad temper. Um, I don't know that the language of that is right. I think the issue is you have a good temper and that's bad. Like the definition of temper, I think it's good, but it's a bad good. Now watch, somebody say he got angry. Now watch his story change when he got emotional. Because nothing had happened to him, even though he was out of order, even though he was inconsistent, even though he was unfaithful, nothing happened. Nothing bad happened to him until he got angry. Because his anger was offensive to God. He said, dude, how you going to be wrong? How you going to be out of order and then get angry with the people trying to help you? You ever tried to help somebody and they took the anger out on you and then you looked at them like, look, I ain't got to do this. I ain't got to help you. I could leave you in your... Touch your neighbor and say, don't start nothing with me. Then King Uzziah was angry. And notice, it doesn't even call him a king anymore. Because he started acting like a boy. It doesn't even refer to him as king now. Look, you see it? It totally removed king. He was like, who, is, who this is? <laughs> who that is? <laughs> yeah, I don't know that song. Um, he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. He'd go trying to cover up his stuff. Stick with me. And when he got angry with the priest, notice he didn't even get angry with God. He got angry with the men of God. Leprosy broke out on his forehead. You want me to show you again? In the presence of the priests in the house of the Lord. Look at me. Why did leprosy break out in the presence of the priests? Because God wanted to show the priests that if people challenge you, I'll check them. Can I let some of y'all know the reason old people have showed up? It's just so they could tell you what they've been going through so that God lets you know that they shouldn't have messed with I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and, I, and they tell me, I said, Woo! I said, I told you. I said, That's a whole lot to go through. I said, What do you think you learned? And then he was telling me what they learned. I said, So that's all you learned? So, okay. You're going to be in that storm for a little longer. All right. Let's pray this. Say, Lord, show me so I don't have to repeat. I don't, know about, I don't know about you, but there's some stuff I don't want to have to deal with again because I didn't get it. Now, now watch, this, watch this part of the verse. Here we go. He got angry. He got emotional. And the Bible says leprosy broke out. What's leprosy? It's the disease of the nervous system. 
you no longer can feel things properly, which means literally when you had leprosy, you could rub up against something, cut yourself, and not know you cut yourself. So now that place would become infected. You wouldn't know you're infected. Because leprosy wouldn't let you feel what was wrong. So since he got in his feelings, now he can't feel what's wrong. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, get out of your emotions. Say, get out of your feelings. Well, it says, it says, leprosy broke out on his forehead in the presence of the priest in the house of the Lord by the altar of incense. So right in the same place that he's trying to cover up, now his life is going down. Because pride is stubborn. After the leprosy broke out, you figure he would have knelt down and started repenting. Nope, he just kept being emotional. Verse 20, and Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked at him, and behold, he was leprous in his forehead. Why in his forehead? Because the first place he stopped feeling was in his mind. He got numb to what was wrong. He got numb to how he was acting. He got numb, and he thought people could, watch this, he thought people had to put up with him. There's some people that the way they act, the reason they act the way they do is because they don't think you're going to put them out. You better get you a Beyonce spirit in the, in, to the left, to the left. Everything in the box to the left. Not just that part. No more of that spirit. Just that part. It's a song. As around the, see, there's some friends that the reason they blow up on you is because they know you ain't going to do nothing. There's some family members that keep giving you the same challenges about God and church and spirit. And you know what? You know why they challenge you? Because they know you ain't going to do nothing. You're going to sit there and just, I ain't got nothing to say. And so, and so consequently, what they think is they think you're weak. I dare you to let Mufasa roar. See, I got me some lion slippers on today. <laughs> Look, you better let Mufasa roar. Touch it and say, you better roar. <laughs> Look at this. In his forehead, and they rushed him out quickly, and him, he himself hurried to go out because the Lord had struck him. God says, since you want to live by your feelings, you ain't going to feel nothing now. This is deep. Stick with me. I'm going to talk fast and furious. Like, where's the fast and furious? Oh, I'm about to show you. It's real simple right here. Now, check this out. A pride lacks gratitude. They saved his life even after he acted out with them. Isn't that deep? Like, there's been times, let's just tell the truth, y'all, where even after we knew somebody was acting crazy with us, our mercy still went in to save them. And here's, here's the good part. You didn't waste it because the Bible says that he's merciful to those that are merciful, which means all you did was sow something you was going to need to reap later. Don't say I was so dumb. Don't say I was so stupid. No, don't say nothing. that. All you were doing is sowing what you was going to need one day. But unrestrained mercy can be dangerous. So look, it says, it says, what's this in verse 20? They hurried him out. They saved his life and he didn't even say thank you. Verse 21. And king, now it calls him king again. Now why does he return to being a king? Watch where he's at. He's a leper until the days of his death. He said, you get to reign, king. What's this? In your separate house. Excluded from, watch this, everybody that loves you. Excluded from everybody that used to fight for you. 
excluded from the people that helped you. He says, you get to rule that whole house by yourself. Ain't nobody in there but you. King. Long live the king. In that house by yourself. Isolated. Separated. Frustrated. Angry. But can't feel nothing. That's deep. Because a lot of people walk around. Watch this. And because your emotions and feelings rule you, you wonder why you feel so distant from God and so distant from people. And Jotham, his son, was over his household, governing the people of the land. Y'all still with me? Because pride pushes you far from God. Scripture says he resists the proud. God is like, no thanks. I love you, though, but the reason you feel far from me isn't because I moved. It's because you moved. And what moved you was your pride, watch me, made you emotional. Back it up. Your arrogance made you act like a put-up Deuteronomy 2210 in the King James Version of the Bible. So you can read it for yourself. So you don't accuse me of nothing after church. And come on, y'all, we got to preach this word fast. I got four minutes. <laughs> come on. While they're getting that, he says, uh, so, so emotional. His pride made him emotional. Here's the whole point. Look at how fast things changed when the king became furious. Fast and furious. Fast. Thou shalt not plow with her. You read it. You're saying, King Uzziah, you got angry and you started acting. I didn't say it. Y'all said that. Got it? And now, King, you can't have nothing. But you're the king. You get to keep all of your pride. You get to keep all of your, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Here's my truth, here's my truth. Here, You get to keep all of that by yourself. So here's three quick points. Got to give them to you. Number one, we have emotions. We aren't our emotions. You are not what you feel. I need you to get that. Especially if you identify yourself as an emotional person. You are not what you feel. How do you know that, Bishop? We are spirits. That's our subconscious mind. We have souls. That's our conscious mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. I possess a soul. Got it? I live in a body. We are not our emotions. Say, I'm not my emotions. You are not anxiety. You are not discouragement. You are not anger. These are things that you have. These are not things that you are. But if you're not careful, you will see them as one and the same. And you'll never be able to get anything done because you can't separate you from your emotions. Y'all ain't talking to me. Let's, let's get it. See, our emotions are a response to change or losing control of a situation. The very nature of the word, E, out of motion, out of change. So watch this. It's only a situation that you have the illusion you were in control of in the first place. You're only getting emotional about what you thought you were in control of. You ain't, been in you ain't never been in control. 
control. You ain't never been in control. Your emotions will give you the illusion that you were. So why do you raise your voice to get control? Why are you slamming stuff to get control? Why are you throwing stuff to get control? I understand. Why are you cussing everybody out to get control? And here's the trip about it, is that even after you do all of that, you still don't have control. Because people going to do what they going to do. So the best thing to do, that's what the Bible says, by patience you'll possess your soul. Listen, I'm not going to get worked up by what you're doing. I need somebody who keeps letting yourself get worked up and emotional about what other people do. On the count of three, I need you to throw your heads up and say, not another day. One, two, three. Not another day! Parents, stop getting worked up about what your kids are doing. Uh, Y'all not saying nothing to me. Stop getting worked up about what other folks are doing. I care, but you ain't going to pull me into no emotions. I care, but you ain't pulling me into anger. I'm not going to ruin my day because you want to act a fool. Number two, I got to finish. I got, I got one minute. Number two, emotions aren't the problem. Being led by emotions is. There's nothing wrong with crying. Listen, Wednesday night after church? Shoot, I was drowning. I didn't cry a river. I cried the whole Atlantic, <laughs> the Pacific, Gulf of Mexico. Watch it, it, it was just good. I was so I was so blessed because I saw the people praying for me, and it, it just moved me in such a, such a profound way. Now, here's what's significant: there's nothing wrong with emotion, unless you're led by them. Second Chronicles twenty eight twenty two. You know, uh, why do people have issues with consistency? Emotions. Mm-hmm. Why do people be fighting in their head all the time? Emotions. It's quiet in the church. Watch me. Second Chronicles 28, 22. I got 30 seconds. <laughs> I can't. We got to start off with you. <laughs> ain't God all right? <laughs> no, just okay. <laughs> just go old school and just start saying stuff that ain't got nothing to do with the message. <laughs> won't he make a way? I thought we were talking about emotions. I thought. Won't he, won't he, won't he? <laughs> in, the <laughs> in the time of his distress. This is another king, 915. Now, why are you talking about two kings, Bishop? This ain't Uzziah. This is another king. It's because in addition to King Uzziah, here's another king, which says to me, if you're in a leadership role, you're most vulnerable to being led by your emotions because your emotions impact what you lead. If you're a husband, you got to be extra careful because now, watch this, the enemy wants you to be led by your emotions because that's going to affect your house. If you're an entrepreneur, he wants you to be emotional because it's going to affect your business. Y'all not talking to me. If, if you're a parent, he wants you to be emotional because that's going to affect your kids. Some of y'all were raised by emotional parents that dumped their emotional junk on you. And y'all not talking. And as an adult, you've been spending all of your life trying to get out of the jump. Look at this. 22. In the time of his distress, he became yet more faithless. Distress means anxiety. That's an emotion. He got more faithless. Now, say more faithless. That means when he got emotional, he stopped acting like himself. Mm. 
And then he, watch this, to the Lord, which means he turned on God. The same King Ahaz. Look at verse 23. I wasn't going to put verse 23 in here, but I threw it in here last night. For he sacrificed to the gods of Damascus that had defeated him and said, because the gods of the kings of Syria helped me, I will sacrifice to them that they may help me. But they were the ruin of him and all of Israel. Look at me. When he got emotional, he lost the truth. Look at me. And he ran to what was not good for him. Look what the verse says. He goes back to what defeated him and started sacrificing to it. Let me see if I can make this practical. He went back to a relationship that he knew was no good. He went back to a friendship that he knew was no good. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. He reached back out to try to reason with somebody that's unreasonable. Why? Because he's led by his emotions. So what does he do? Look at the end of the verse. It's the ruin of him and what he led. It's the ruin of him and what he built. See, emotions aren't the problem. Being led by them is. Which leads us to my third and final point. Here it is. Y'all ready? Better emotions can be chosen. So I can pick better. Now, here's what a lot of us think. This is contrary to a lot of how, us think, a lot of how we think. A lot of how we think is this is just what I'm feeling and it's just what I'm feeling. Matter of fact, if you're feeling a certain way and somebody tries to pull you out of it, here's your response. I don't feel like all that. I'm just in a bad mood right now. Don't call me with all that. Don't come in here with all that good morning. Some of your neighbors won't even laugh and they know I'm telling the truth because they need to pick another emotion right now. Don't look at me with your attitude because you got problems. I'm trying to help you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Watch this. The Apostle Paul, in three ministry trips, he's lied on, betrayed, beaten, in prison, performs miracles, heals people, casts out demons, organizes relief efforts for the poor. And after all of that, he becomes involved in a conflict with some Jews that eventually led to his arrest and imprisonment. I just gave you several chapters in several decades of biblical history in four seconds. And in Acts 26, when Paul is in front of King Agrippa, Paul reveals that emotions can be chosen. See, I can't control the initial feeling. Somebody lied to you, you can't control that initial feeling of feeling betrayed. But I can choose a better one. You missed it. I can't control the initial feeling. But I can choose a better one if that one ain't serving me. I can choose a better one if that's not advancing me. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, choose better. So Paul has been through all of this, and you think Paul would have an attitude? You think Paul would be mad? You think Paul would have a, you know, not a chip. He'd have a bag of chips on his shoulders? Barbecue, sour cream, vinegar, <laughs> Doritos. Look at Paul's response. You ready? Acts 26.2 in the King James Version. Look at what Paul says. Paul says in Acts 26 and 2. That's a nice verse. That ain't Acts 26 and 2, though. <laughs> Tell the David, say, choose better. choose better. See, I just chose. Look at this. This is going to shout me. Look at me. How many of you in the last seven months, or what are we, what is this month? Seventh month. How many in the last seven months you've gotten super emotional about something? 
And how many last seven months you stayed emotional about it for a little bit? All right. Now, now say, say your name. Say, I forgive you. Say, God forgives you. Say, you had a human moment. Say, but next time, follow this verse. Look at what Paul did. I think myself happy. Wait a minute. Paul said, I should be bitter. I should be annoyed. I should have stress. I should, I should have, all, this is what I should be based on what I've been through. But the God I believe in is a God that does exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask or think. So can I just tell you how we're going to end this 915? Touch your neighbor and say, you can choose bigger. Say, you can choose better. Paul said, listen, right now I'm having to gas myself up. Because I should be angry right now. I should snap, cracker, and pop on every last one of y'all, Paul said. But Paul said, I can choose how I feel. So my initial feeling, I'm mad, I'm angry, but somebody say, I'm choosing better. I need every person in here to say that, please. Say, I'm choosing better. Paul said, King, I should be angry as all get out right now. But I think, I think myself happy. I'm going to tell somebody, don't you let the situation speak to you. You speak to the situation. I think myself happy. I just need you to say it. Say, I think myself happy. Which means even though I should be miserable, watch me smile. Even though I should be angry, watch me smile. Even though I should be upset, watch me think myself. Watch me think myself. I need you to lay your hands on yourself. I'm done. I'm out of time. Say, Lord, I need the grace to think myself happy. So you need, when you leave church, you just need to go have a good time. And you ain't got to spend money. Just go on a walk. Just go be happy. Child, I got to deal with all this on Thursday. Deal with that on Thursday today. So I think myself happy. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief, 
And because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.